Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Welcome back to Podsite, everyone. This is, of course, Carlo. And today it's just me and Pete. And one question, Pete. Does a bear shit in the woods? The correct answer is maybe. But in this story, they might have actually invented plumbing, too. And why not? And Uh, why not? Uh, We're going to be talking about, uh, I believe this was published in 1990 in Asimov's uh, Bears Discover Fire by Terry Bisson. Or Bisson. I'm not entirely sure how he pronounced it. We're but Americans. RIP, <laughs> yes, but R.I.P. Like I, I did not. I mean, I'd heard uh, some rumors, but I, I just looked it up, and apparently he was a self-proclaimed member of the New Left. So, uh, or uh, yeah, rest in power, King. There you go. Um, I know I'm not using that in the correct context for some people, but fuck it. Who cares? Yeah, it's, uh, it's very easy to find yourself in a situation where somebody will yell at you for being nice. So I'm just yes. not going to worry about it. Exactly. Yes. You're being nice. That's wrong. Right. You dick. <laughs> anyway, so uh, this was uh, I, I actually picked it up uh, from a reprint that uh, appeared in Lightspeed magazine. Well, can we slow down for a second? Tell the story of how you found this, because one of the things like when I talk to people who are trying to find short story science fiction, they don't really know what to do. Mm, yeah, no, that's that's perfectly that's a perfectly valid uh, thing to ask. Uh, mainly the reason that I looked up something by Terry Bisson is because he passed away. Uh, like much sure. like uh, Howard Waldrop in a previous episode, uh, passing away forced me to look up and finally read one of his stories, which was the ugly chickens. Go check that out. It's like um, the instant he doesn't care. I must read. <laughs> I mean, I, I, no, I'm, I, I'm not yeah. giving you crap because we all do it. I'm, no, I'm no, just it, it, it's yeah, I, I'm not. I didn't take it that way. I'm just going to say that it, it's, it's sad because honestly, I'd be a little like my ghost would be a little mad if like someone like when I pass away suddenly goes like, oh, shit, Carlo Diego Rodriguez, I should look up some of his you know, work fiction. <laughs> it's like I'd be a little mad about that. But I mean, it is what it is. And yeah. uh, honestly, it's one way to sort of sort of recognize who they were. I, I will say that um, I know of Terry Bisson because of the oft quoted almost. I mean, uh, in, in certain circles, it feels like it's uh, it's sort of like a weird addendum to just uh, in, increasing quotes, Monty Python quotes, you know, Holy Grail quotes, whatever. Uh, I, there are certain niches that just immediately go to they're made of meat and I have to say, charming story that has been sort of ruined by too many people trying to quote it at me. <laughs> sure. 
Oh, well, I mean, that is a lot like uh, um, uh, Omelas. Mm, fair enough, yeah. It's, it's one of the greatest science fiction short stories ever written, and I never want to hear about it again. And you know what your curse is, uh, Pete, right? <laughs> With every every uh, riff, retelling, uh, correction, or whatnot of that story, you will hear about it all over again. Yes, yes, I will. <laughs> all because somebody, somebody like Ursula K. Le Guin made a, you know, wrote a story to make, uh, I, I guess, make you know, like high school or middle school students mad a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and and. Um, I was just going to be mean. I'm just saying there's a certain type of writer who needs to rewrite that story. Mm, yes. Yes. We, we, we know, we know of this. We've, we've talked about this before. Um, in general, it is generally the type of writer who feels a little bit of um, guilt. Uh, they yeah. actually feel stung by the complicity that the story seems to imply about them. Yeah, it's like uh, just because I spent 20 years at Lockheed Martin doesn't mean I'm a bad person. Look, uh, Pete, you know, <laughs> this little weirdo uh, struggled a long time until a weapons manufacturer took a chance on me. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a rom-com when you think about it, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, so uh, let me let me just go ahead and um, I will say right off the bat, this story does not start with the premise. I mean, it, it trusts that you read the title. And uh, I will point out that this is something that I personally do pay attention to a lot. Like, if the title is interesting enough or tells a little story on its own or explains a little bit about the premise. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I'm fine with sort of not immediately going into like, you know, in media res bears galloping in the forest, they find fire. You know, <laughs> I don't care about that. It's so uh, the, the thing that, that struck me here is that there's a long section in the beginning that does not seem to really get into the premise, right? It's all about, you know, I, I can read a little, a couple of paragraphs of this, basically. It's, you know, it, it's, it's fascinating, sort of very lit fic type of situation, right? I was right, driving with my brother, the preacher, and my nephew, the preacher's son, on I-65, just north of Bowling Green, when we got a flat. It was Sunday night, and we had vi we'd been to visit Mother at the home. We were in a, my car. The flat caused what you might call knowing groan, since as the old-fashioned one in my family, so they tell me, I fix my own tires. And my brother is always telling me to get ra radials and quit buying old tires. But if you know how to mount and fix tires yourself, you can pick them up for almost nothing. Since it was the left rear tire, I pulled over to the left onto the median grass. The way my caddy stumbled to a stop, I figured the tire was ruined. I guess there's no need asking if you have any of that flat fix in the truck, said Wallace. Here, son, hold the light, I said to Wallace Jr. He's old enough to want to help and not old enough yet to think he knows it all. If I'd married and had kids, he's the kind I'd, I'd have wanted. So, you know, and it goes on with like basically a flat tire situation. Uh, it's not particularly like it, it doesn't talk about the bears, doesn't talk about them discovering fire. <laughs> the entire thing is about, you know, them sort of like fixing a flat, 
Yeah. Well, I think, and this is this is just I, I am not a writer, so me anybody taking my writing advice should take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> uh, but like, I think there's two ways that a, a a writer can really make a story punch from the very beginning, and the the first is to make it a story and then go to the science fiction. Mm-hmm. And the other way is to minimalist and just just grab the boob right off. You know what I mean? If if the first couple of words are about a bear waving fire around, that can be cool. Or mm-hmm. it can be about the relationship between an uncle and his son or whatever. Mm-hmm. But somewhere in the middle, it usually it, – it, it, it doesn't seem to have the same power. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And I, I, you know, as I'm reading this, uh, it does actually, you know, once you finish, it does have some sort of thematic through line, right? Yeah. Um, it's not immediately. It's not. I think you're you're absolutely right. Like a a another writer, perhaps a a, a writer that is a little too, uh, you know, perhaps we could call it doesn't have that much confidence or is sort of writing for an audience like they're, they're they're writing with an audience in mind which is in my in my opinion is not the greatest thing to do uh but but they will immediately go into like you know something that is you know punchy you know action or the you know the whiz bang gee whiz stuff you know the sense of wonder where is it yep um and it, for me, the sense of wonder is right there in the title. You know, it's Bears Discover Fire. I'm in it for the ride. Okay, let's see. Except that the ride got a flat. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I do I do appreciate that the beginning of it sounds almost like it's a setup for a joke, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A, a, a brother, his, his, you know, like uh, a guy, his brother, the preacher, and their nephew Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Walk into a bar. There's a bear. Yeah, um, it, it does. It does feel quippy, hundred percent. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's it 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 sort of clips along rather nicely. Uh, it it has a nice rhythm to it. It's not really trying to be super showy, but it's doing. You know, I think he's doing a good job. It's just sort of like immersing you as a reader into like this relationship and why why is you know uh you know why uncle bobby is so important damn it bobby (laughs) um sorry i that was i just saw uncle bobby and i thought of hank hill no that's awesome i like it (laughs) those bears aren't right um and i also wonder if this is sort of like a uh it's sort of like a joke, but it's not. It's sort of like a sideways joke where he's sidling up to the joke premise, which is that and this is something I've heard. I, I don't know if you've heard it, Pete, but like the idea of like sort of Appalachian or hillbilly, you know, sort of ingenuity. The idea that he is sort of like a fix it guy, right? The the idea that he doesn't he doesn't want to spend money on radials because Why? You could just use old tires. I know how to fix them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely know 
uh, I, I definitely know people like that. In some ways, I'm like that. Like, I, I'm, I'm the guy where if if my if my oven breaks, the first thing I want to do is is pull out the back and like genuinely ruin it before I call for help. So I, I, I kind of identify. <laughs> well, now that it's not working, let me make sure it doesn't work. Yeah, let, let's not work the crap out of this thing, you know. <laughs> and sometimes you figure it out, you know. Yeah, I mean. It- Kudos. I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm not particularly surprised, given that you are now uh, apparently a character from like one of the Dark Souls games. Uh, uh, should I go up to you and spend souls to buy weaponry or? Oh, oh, because it, because of the blacksmithing. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Just sort of like a, I just imagine you like swinging a hammer constantly. You know? <laughs> ding, ding. Yeah. And, and the, the, the beard that's obviously not a human color. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I wasn't going to get into that, but, you know, you said it, Pete. Yep, exactly. Um, so so anyway, um, I will say that one of the things that they introduce in this first section is the idea that, you know, the, the like he, he, Wallace, uh, Wallace and Bob's mom are, is has been taken to a home. Mm hmm. And uh, that that sort of comes back later on. Uh, I, I do love the mom as a character because she's like, uh, like she says, what is it? Uh, when we first took mother to, to the home almost four years, 47 months ago, she told Wallace and me she was ready to die. Don't worry about me, boys, she whispered, pulling us both down to the nurse so the nurse couldn't wouldn't hear. I've drove a million miles and I'm ready to pass over to the other shore. I won't have long to linger here. She drove a consolidated school bus for 39 years. <laughs> I, I love the fact that she was like a school bus driver. And she's like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> you don't have to yep. put me in this home. I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that that sort of comes up again, right? The idea about uh, and, and this is where we first hear about like, uh, she she asks him about what what what's this I hear about bears discovering fire? <laughs> yeah, plugs right in. Yeah, you know, no, I love it. What's funny about all this is the the timing for me and well, I mean, you, you know the business about my dad, right? Mm-hmm. Him escaping the uh, the memory unit and being found repeatedly on the highway. I mean, I I was reading this and like when seeing her, I start thinking about my my dad. And like, mm-hmm. was he hanging out with bears? Who the hell knows? Because like he did that all the time. <laughs> these let's just say that these are um, sort of like Ursa Ursa major style bears, not uh, you know leather daddies. Just make just making sure that those aren't the bears discovered from <laughs> the story. That would also be an interesting story. But <laughs> could you imagine? Just they're just sitting a bunch of guys dressed up in like leather harnesses, sitting on Hold, logs and on highway torches. <laughs> Yes, holding torches. Uh, that would be great. Uh, great bit, honestly. Yes. Um, so, oh, I, and I forgot. Uh, actually, you're. I, I'm. I'm totally wrong because uh, we do get the bears uh, at the at the very end of the tire changing sequence because the the flashlight that he gives Wallace Jr. sort of like the batteries are are iffy. And they finally crap out on it on him. And uh, then the light went out again, then came back better than ever as I was fitting the spare over the lugs. 
Much better, I said. There was a flood of dim orange flickery light, but when I turned to find the lug nuts, I was surprised to see that the flashlight the boy was holding was dead. The light was coming from two bears at the edge of the trees holding torches. There were big 300-pounders standing about five feet tall. Wallace Jr. and his father had seen them and were standing perfectly still. It's best not to alarm bears. Sound advice, honestly. Uh, but I, I do love just how sort of like just slotted in there is just like, well, there's these bears with torches and that's it. <laughs> and we hear yep. that then, then we hear, oh, uh, have you heard about this thing about the bears discovering fire? And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> and apparently there's a bunch of like news stories and, and you know, like on the TV and the newspapers and stuff like that. I, I just sort of love just how matter of fact, it, it almost feels like a type of magical realism uh, in this story, right? Yeah. Where it's it's not really ever explained. Uh, it, the bears just discovered fire. Uh, and, and it's specifically in that area, right? Like along, because this is, I believe, uh, Bisson was originally from like Kentucky. So I'm going to guess that uh, he's talking about like somewhere in Kentucky. Uh, and they say it's also like they're extending out. They're, they're basically following along sort of like where i-65 runs north to south and uh also i'm a midwesterner dude <laughs> fair enough i i don't know i-65 i know i-95 okay well i could tell you all about i-70 and i-35 but like that's because i'm in the corn belt dude well is because we have a i-70 and i believe this is the i-70 that starts off starts off in the middle of baltimore city and just ends I don't know where, <laughs> somewhere yep. in the Midwest, I believe. Just a straight shot west through the Cumberland Gap and so on. Right. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, I love that they're spreading out into what is it uh, in Kentucky, West Virginia, Missouri, Illinois, Southern, and of course, Virginia. Uh, and that uh, apparently you can't do anything. They, they've been gathering in the median strips of highways, but you can't shoot them in the median strips. So no one has bothered to try that. Um, Which is actually, I love that. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a great uh, little detail, right? It, it, it feels like it sort of feels like a bunch of stray facts that Terry Bisson knew. And he decided, you know what? I'm going to throw them all into this uh, story right here. It's great. <laughs> I sort of love that. <laughs> I sort of love that energy, right? He's like, right, here's a bunch of facts I learned over the years. Here you go. Here's a story with all of them in it. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> you know, there are, there are, there's a certain, uh, I don't know how to say it. There's a certain power to being above a certain age because you're like a, you're like a Nautilus. You've built this massive shell of facts of experience. And most of the time it's like, but useless. But mm -hmm. like, if you want, if you want to, if you want to provide like narrative description, I mean, mm -hmm. you pretty much just have to like put your finger down your brain's throat and it's all there. <laughs> just going to vomit up all those facts. Okay. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Hey, do, do you know fire trucks used to be red and now they're green? Blah, you know, <laughs> wait, they're green now. Yeah. Most of them. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to guess, is it a color blindness thing? I, yeah, I, I think it's the, the, um, you know, that's interesting because you think green is the last color you'd pick. 
because well yeah like, because it, it because red has been associated with like danger warning alarm you know that type of thing so long that you'd immediately go like well why aren't they red but yeah, yeah. Uh, honestly and, and green is go you know uh, welcoming fertile you know good stuff uh but but it's uh sadly i think green is one of those colors that uh if you are if you do have color blindness you can see yeah uh, Okay, that makes sense. I you know, believe so, yeah. You know, okay, so we're definitely in the point where Podside has been in your hands much longer than mine. And you know what I love about this new era? It's my that? complete lack of responsibility. Like, I can sideswipe you and we're talking about, like, fire trucks and crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Pete, it, it's it's funny because I was just saying, like, I, I was just talking about, like, here's a bunch of facts I know. I'm going to throw them, in, uh, throw them out at you and see what you think. And here I, I just did more or less the same thing. Right? Because <laughs> I, I sort of work in accessibility. And I was like, wait, is it green because of colorblindness? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you, and you start drilling down. Yeah, well, it's it's amazing how much people know. I like, I um, I work with a lot of twenty year olds. You know, they're in their first job, and I'm training them up. And one thing I can say about twenty year olds is their their brains work a lot better than mine. Like a lot better. Mm-hmm. Like the ability to quickly remember numbers or absorb information. They're fantastic. But you know what they don't have? Any starting information. <laughs> And I don't blame them for this. They haven't been around. But, like, it's very striking to me. Like, if you could just take what I know and inject it into a young person, they'd just be my superior. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, mean, Pete, you could go the the route of that weirdo who's trying, who's draining the blood from his son to become, try to become immortal. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's turned his own son into a Renfield. What the fuck? <laughs> anyway, uh, back to the story. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great reference, man. <laughs> son, I want you to become a Renfield. <laughs> it's a difficult job. Um, oh, you want? Okay, I'll have another kid. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make another one just like you. Uh, sounds like a threat. Uh, but anyway, uh, and, and I think... My initial uh, point about it being about sort of like this weird ingenuity that is sort of uh, it's almost sort of like it has a mystical quality uh, to like the whole Appalachian area uh, is something that is on in in the text. Right. Because he intersperses this with how to mount a tire by hand. <laughs> I, I learned how to do tires. I mean, at least <laughs> the the text of it, uh, I haven't done it, but, you know, I, at least I didn't know that there was such a thing as a bead on a tire. But now I know. Uh, yeah, it, it is very funny to, so, to see these little vignettes in there. I'm, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Oh, no, no. I, I just I just want to drill into the se- second. And I am I am not manhood shaming my friend carlo who's who's got arms like cannons at the moment let's let's make it very clear that this is not an attack on who you are as a man but am i understanding you've never changed a tire 
No, no, I've changed tires. Okay. I've never set a tire. Like, the tire has to be on the rim for me to change it. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, like, yeah. I've, I, it's been 25 years since I've changed a tire, and one of the main reasons it's been 25 years is because after that, I started making enough money that I didn't have to do it myself anymore. Yeah, it, well, yeah, that's that's the point of making money is you right, pay other people for their expertise. <laughs> right, right. I, I mean, like all like I, I've spent a lot of time gathering skills, you know, and one of the things you gather in that is that you get a list of things you definitely are not going to do again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. it, it, it's one of these things. It's it's like, um, have you ever uh, been out? I mean. We don't go out very often anymore, but have you ever been out and gotten hungry and you're like, eh, you know what you see, you like you, you, you see like the, the food place and you go like, eh, you know what, let's just go home because you look at the menu or you think about what's on their menu and you go, I could cook all of that at home. Uh, yeah. And the only deciding factor sometimes, like, obviously, if you're hungry enough, you, you throw that out the window. But if you're not that hungry, you know, you're not famished and you're out and you look at it and you go, well, OK, let me go to the place where they either have the skills or the equipment to do something that I cannot make at home. Or is just a huge pain in the ass to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, and there's there's certain things. There, there's quality of work too. Like I can, I can fix a toilet, and my fix of a toilet will not be as skilled as a professional plumber. But I don't care because it's mm -hmm. a toilet. But right. if I'm if I'm installing a new front door, I'm going to hire somebody because everyone's going to see the janky shit that I do. <laughs> Oh, so once it's inside, you don't care. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, if you're in my house and you're already to the point where you're pooping, I don't care what you think. Because, like, you're, you're already compromised. You're in my home. <laughs> so are you implying that being inside your home is just is, is immediately compromised on anyone? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I could basically blackmail you on that point. Interesting. So, <laughs> folks, uh, what what I'm hearing here, uh, folks, is that uh, Pete basically has like a like a, a cubist bathroom. You, know, <laughs> you got to like close one eye to get in there the right way. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, let, let's uh, let's perhaps continue on with the um, with the story, because I, I, mean, I also love. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, if you want, but it is a short story. We've got to do this for an hour. So digressions are not a bad thing, my friend. Oh, no, no, no. I, I am not. <laughs> I am not against digressions. I just want to loop back because here we're, we're going to go. We're going to go back to the median strip, right? Yes. Uh, because I, I do love here that um, he, he does like a little description. And I'll, I'll get into that in a second that uh that really sort of sets the scene for me right because it, it turns out that uh wallace jr stays with uh with the main character for for a couple of days while their his parents are off you know they may you know his dad may be a preacher but he's also a real estate agent <laughs> I, I love that detail um so it says here what is it in northern virginia according to good morning america the bears were keeping their fires going all day long here in western Kentucky, though, it was still warm for late October, and they only stayed around the fires at night. Where they went and what they did in the daytime, I don't know. 
Maybe they were watching from the newberry bushes as Wallace Jr. and I, I climbed the government fence and crossed the northbound lanes. I carried an axe and Wallace Jr. brought his 22. Not because he wanted to kill a bear, but because a boy likes to carry some kind of gun. The median was all tangled with brush and vines under the maples, oaks and sycamores. Even though we were only a, f a hundred yards from the house, I had never been there and neither had anyone else that I knew of. It was like a created country. We found a path in the center and followed it down across a slow, short stream that flowed out of one grate and into another. The tracks in the gray mud were the first bear signs we saw. There was a musty, but not really unpleasant smell. In a clearing under a big hollow beach where the fire had been, we found nothing but ashes. Logs were drawn up in a rough circle and the smell was stronger. I stirred the ashes and found enough coals to start a new flame, so I banked them back the way they had been left. I cut a little firewood and stacked it to one side, just to be neighborly. Maybe uh -huh. the, bears, the bears were watching us from the bushes, even then. There's no way to know. I tasted one of the new berries and spit it out. It was so sweet, it was sour. Just the sort of thing you would imagine a bear would like. So, I mean, it's sort of like an interesting little uh, description, right? Like this idea that the median strips have become like this weird new territory for the bears. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. they've been slowly, like almost terraforming it to their their own wants and desires. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, um, have you ever? Uh, I don't know how much Bruce Sterling you've read. I've never really felt like it was your jam, but like I don't have much evidence to base that on. Uh, I read. What was it? I did read. What is it? The one that you uh, you were reading with Connor back way back oh, when? Oh, Islands it, uh, in the Net. Islands in the Net. That's what it is. I read okay. that one. Uh, I also read <laughs> Distraction. Okay. Oh, honestly, if you've read Distraction, that's ninety percent of what you need out of him. Oh no no Distraction was like I I I re like the thing that really set my brain to vibrate was Distraction. Yeah. Islands in the Net was good but not there well, was a he bunch was, of stuff in there yeah that that didn't really resonate with me i think he was still trying to figure out what he was doing for that book whereas that distraction sense, yeah. he knew what he was doing you know but mm -hmm. he he did a short story that is relevant here it came out in like 88 called our neural chernobyl mm. and it was about uh scientists on letting some sort of virus get out that uh, made animals smarter. Mm. And it was focused on raccoons developing a form of money and discovering fire. Mm. And I, 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 I don't know. Like, I was reading this, and I, I became very interested in the timeline. I mean, honestly, Bears Discover Fire is better because um, – Sterling is, unfortunately, I use this term at the beginning to define it, and I have to keep going. Sterling is a boob grabber. <laughs> like, well, I mean, he, I, yeah, I think he comes from like a different uh, sort of almost a different tradition of writing, right? Like this. Yeah. Like he, he like Sterling definitely feels like um, sort of like that old school fanish writer, right? That uh, needs to show you like have a. a have a, a a great hook in that opening line and you know like to, to grab you and show you what the what the tech is or what the cool idea is yes yes it's very much about the tech with him 
Like the idea of him him writing a story like he'll have a marriage falling apart or something like that, but it is going to be the the second or the third or the fourth cause of action. Mm-hmm. Whereas right, in right. in this one, the the relationship between the boy and the uncle and the relationship between the uncle and the 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 mo- the mother mm-hmm. are are the story. Mm-hmm. And bears discovering fire is the backdrop. Like it's a it's a completely different thing. Absolutely, yes. Like like the bears discovering fire is an event that's happening, but it doesn't really like it only intersects with them tangentially. Like it doesn't change their lives right. specifically. So I I have a question for you, and it's a dumb non-writer question. Do you think you could write this short story without the bears and the science fiction? Like, could this just would it could you make basically the same story and remove the fantastic element? Um, yes, you could. I, I think that the bears discovering fire have is almost in this story is almost like a parallel story to the relationship and like this idea like i i think i I, we've you know i've mentioned it already like the idea of like ingenuity uh not becoming like becoming something that is not simply a human trait right yeah uh the idea of this being a weird um perhaps essentialist but nevertheless a, a an almost uh mystical quality of the region right uh the the idea of like oh you know the hillbilly ingenuity that type of thing is like sure. almost like this essentialist but also like because it because it's sort of like given like this almost mystical quality right like the region itself is somehow to to blame and not, and not material conditions of course that <laughs> yeah you're poor and therefore you have to figure out ways to uh do things that are that still do the things that you want to do in modernity, but you can't really spend money on it. Like we were just talking about. Right. So, so we have, so we have Bobby learning to change, not only change his own tires, but also that, uh, that decision is based off of, look, I can't spend money on radials. Uh, So that becomes like this weird defining, like almost a a character defining trait in this story for him. Right. Uh, you know, Wallace Jr.'s defining trait is that a boy likes to have a gun sometimes. <laughs> you know, he 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 isn't really. Uh, he seems more of like a, a sketch, but there's enough there. Uh, and and to your point, like there's a lot of little flourishes here, where we don't get super deep into interiority uh, for any of the characters really, except for maybe the main, you know, the main character, Uncle Bobby. Yeah, but. Uh, but like we're, we're given, sorry, <laughs> Bobby, Bobby, <laughs> damn it, Bobby. Um, but but we are given just enough. It's it's almost like impressionistic, right? We're just given like these little dabs of description and sort of like dialogue that speaks to what they what they want, who they were, are, and so on. And uh, the bears is like you said, it's it's almost like a backdrop. But it's a backdrop that seems to sort of get more ominous. Not, I I hesitate to say ominous, but it is somewhat uh, ominous because it feels like it's a new thing. And with, you know, like, obviously, by the end of the story, spoilers, 
uh, folks. <laughs> uh, Spoilers. M- mom, mom dies. Yes, she does actually pass away, uh, but but not. You know, it isn't in the way that we think it will happen. Um, the, the the sort of like the the positioning of her death and uh, the bears being there and continuing on past the end of the story feels like this is sort of like a new thing that's coming. You know, this is the new way that things will be. And then it, it sort of casts this uh, almost melancholic light on everything previous to it. It recontextualizes it to make it feel like, you know, you know, Bobby and Wallace and Wall- even perhaps even Wallace Jr., who knows, uh, are, are sort of part of the past now. The Bears are the future. Yeah. Yeah. It it's. uh just, just like, just like uh, Bobby, is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and, and I, I think to his credit, uh, Bisson doesn't get like maudlin or mawkish about it. He's, Not he at just all. Sort of, like tells the story and doesn't really, you know, oh, the old way of life. No, no, who cares? Yeah, Bobby's, Bobby's too busy for that shit. Well, um, I, I'll, I'll shove this off target because that seems to be my <laughs> role today. Um, like I. It's something I've been exploring a lot because of because of my work and I'm going back into the dating scene. And so I'm encountering people at, you know, at bars and restaurants who are younger than me, who I have to interact with. Right. Um, They're not totally comprehensible. Mm -hmm. And it's 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 a superpower to just be okay with that. And I think I think uh, Besson uh, or Besson um is 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 really on the right path here with the approach to the story is that the things uh, the center does not hold things fall apart and mm-hmm. that is okay mm-hmm. yeah i i think there's there's an interesting thing here and and what you're saying and what i was sort of like leading up to is exactly that like it, it doesn't feel like anyone here really gets one another like like somewhat in a somewhat lesser story or a story that was more sentimental, sure. uh, we'd, we'd have like some weird moment of connection where, you know, everyone empathizes and they feel bad or they feel a certain way about each other, whatever, you know. Uh, well, and there's he, a million versions of this short story where the bears are shot. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I will say that, uh, like, you know, Animals sort of becoming, more, you know, adopting more human characteristics or what we would consider sort of like human uh, characteristics and or evolution. Right. Mm-hmm. In this case, you know, like, is there a is there a sequel to the story or is bears invent the wheel? Because that's, you know, that, that's sort of like what you think of next. Right. Like bears discover weaponry or something, you know, that type of thing. Um, but but the. The thing that this story does, and and like I said, it, we're, we're given like these little dabs of impression of like, okay, this is how, you know, the mom is. This is how, you know, Uncle Wallace is. This is how Wallace Jr. is. This is how Bobby is. And sure. we get more of Bobby, obviously, because he's the main character. But in in throughout the story, we we, we sort of understand that I, I, do, I don't think anyone really gets one another. But they coexist and they get along together. 
Yeah. And that's, I think that that's a, a really, uh, it, it feels like a really important way to, or not a really important way, but it's a, a really good way to approach how to write a story, right? Like this idea that you do the characterization and sometimes people just don't get each other. And, it, and that's, like you said, that's sometimes that's fine because you don't have to get someone to get along with them. Yeah, yeah, I think that's absolutely true. Yeah, um, and you know, within reason, obviously. Please do not take this out of context. Whoever's listening. Oh but, no, no, you yeah. are canceled, dude. It's over. Uh oh. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Here I did. I, I did this whole big monologue, and it was nice. And then someone canceled me. Yeah, uh, you... for being like you said, for being nice. <laughs> Uh, no, no, <laughs> I don't care. Anyway, so, uh, anyway, so let me ask you, uh, how did, how did you feel about like the, the way that the mom, I, I'm going to guess that, that I, I know more or less the, the general direction that you're, <laughs> you're going to tell me, you know, the, like the general direction of your opinion here, but like the idea that the mom suddenly like escapes, like I, I loved that they, they, it's almost comedic, right? Yes. Uh, where, where they say, uh, what was it? Uh, she's gone. She's gone. And they're like, Oh, well, you know, we were expected as no, no, you don't understand. She ran away. That's not passed away. Gone. gone ran gone, away. Dude. Gone. Your mother yeah. has escaped. And I, I love that it's like mother had gone through the door at the end of the corridor with no one was looking, wedging the door with her comb and taking a bedspread, which belonged to the home. What about her tobacco? I asked. It was gone. That was a sure sign she was planning to stay away. I was in Franklin, and it took me less than an hour to get to the home on I-65. The nurse told me that Mother had been acting more and more confused lately. Of course they're going to say that. We looked around the grounds, which is only a half acre with no trees between the interstate and the soybean field. Then they had me leave a message at the sheriff's office. I would have to keep paying for her care until she was officially listed as missing, which would be Monday. Uh, I, I do love that they, they immediately go, you know, Oh, we know where she's gone. <laughs> yep. And and it, it turns out that yeah, absolutely. They go they they go in at night um to the to the median strip and uh uh they stayed on the path and then through the trees I saw their fire. The fire was mostly of sycamore and beech branches, the kind that puts out very little heat or light and lots of smoke. The bears hadn't learned the ins and outs of wood yet. They did okay attending it, though. A large cinnamon brown northern looking bear was poking the fire with a stick, adding a branch now and then from a pile at his side. The others sat around in a loose circle on the logs. Most were smaller black or honey bears. One was a mother with cubs. Some were eating the bear berries from a hubcap. Not eating, but just watching the fire. My mother sat among them with the bedspread from the home around her shoulders. Uh, and I, I love that they just sit sit around the fire with the bears and nothing fucking happens. <laughs> <laughs> like there's nothing. They just sit there and become part of the bears, you know, like they, they, they join in with the bears and just watch the fire together. And oh, yeah. And I, I mean, I don't know how much experience you have had with bears. Mm, no. uh, OK, well, I've had a certain P amount Puerto of experience. 
Puerto Rico is not known for its large bear population. <laughs> okay, that is an excellent point. Um, <laughs> I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that the idea of hanging out with a bunch of bears is terrifying to me. Oh, because yes. they are murder machines. They are. Mm-hmm. And the idea that that it's not um, it's not a big deal to these people is nuts. Mm. Well, at this point, we, we've been sort of they, they've almost become familiarized to us, the reader. So we don't feel uh, like scared in part because they've been familiarized and also the characters don't act scared either. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's important. I mean, I think it's an interesting aspect of um, it's it's sort of like how humans react, right? Like we we generally if if left to our own devices uh we may react differently but if there's a group of us together and they react a certain way we generally sort of go like well okay everyone else seems to be not scared so i i probably shouldn't be scared either we're talking about covid right now (laughs) i mean we just are (laughs) i mean yes absolutely i mean but but yes you're absolutely right like this is sort of like a there there is a bandwagon wagon effect right yeah like this idea that if everyone else is doing a certain thing or not doing a certain thing well then it must be fine yeah terrifying disease killed well over a billion people and it's been around for four years so we're calm we're calm now well, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think that that's that's another aspect of it is the idea that eventually that that type of behavior all around you will uh, will. Yeah. Like basically for, you know, cause people to become sort of like more conform to like a, a uniform response. Right. Like, it's right. fine. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's all go hang out in, in a very small room and breathe into each other's mouths. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's that or it's that or let capitalism down, son. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, never mind that. Uh, yeah, like there's no there's no more uh, extended sick leave for that type of thing either. So fuck yep. you. <laughs> fuck True. you if you get sick. <laughs> uh, silly question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, are you drinking? If so, what? I'm just having a, a seltzer, mango lime. Oh, nice. Uh, I, it's not, uh, I, I've just sort of like cut down a lot. I mostly don't drink uh, a lot anymore. Oh, uh, good for you. Not because of any sobriety thing. It's just simply a calories thing, you know? Just sure. Sort of, <laughs> there's a reason, you know, that, that, you know, the, the, the old, the, in olden times, they, they would call beer drinkable bread, you know? It's, yes. I am, um, I am calorie crashing hard, so I'm kind of pushing the opposite way right now. Mm, okay. Because like, uh, like the beginning of the last year, I weighed about 200. Oh, I can't believe I'm talking about this. I'll do it anyway. I I weighed about 240 pounds at the beginning of last year. Right oh, now, okay. I'm just above 190. And Damn. Okay. I'm not making dietary choices. I'm just like working out and running and stuff like that. And I'm getting kind of nervous. So mm. like, I'm definitely like. It's it's not that I'm trying to avoid certain foods. It's that I'm consciously trying to eat more and stuff. So like beer is great. Mm. Yeah, I mean that that works fine. Uh, uh, Pete, just you know, perhaps this is a personal question. If so, you know, you don't have to answer. But did a 
did a a an ancient witch curse you with thinness? <laughs> Thinner. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. By the way, I am mailing you a strawberry rhubarb pie. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, I I do love me a strawberry rhubarb pie. <laughs> I don't know if I love me a strawberry rhubarb pie that's covered with a thin fuzz of mold. <laughs> Fair, or that pulses with a curse. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Oh, is that is that? I, I've never read thinner. So. Uh, oh yeah. Well, so one of the things that happens is the gypsy. Would would he would he like pushes back hard enough? The guy's like, okay, I'm putting the curse in this in this pie. Feed it to someone else. Oh, I see. Well, yeah. in 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 this case, uh, Pete, I I know that it's 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 a new thing, but I, I would I I think we should probably call her the Roma woman. <laughs> oh, did I? Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. I, I mean, I, it, it's King himself used it in the book, so I, yeah, I was no, quoting, no but I mean, honestly. I am. I take a certain satisfaction being a crotchety old guy who uses most of the terms I would use in the '90s. Like, mm. I do not use the R word. I've accepted that. But mm. g- generally speaking, I am. I I am not as good as I should be, and I know that. And you know, to be honest with you, that Stevie Nicks song would just sound very different, right? Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Mm. Roma. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I, honestly, I I was really impressed uh, for for someone who had only read <laughs> they're made of meat, which is a again I will stress it is a perfectly fine story. It has just simply been overquoted to me. Well, and you you have there are so many versions of that story written by different authors, like Silly Asses by Asimov is the same story. Oh, is it? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, actually, it, um, there, there's a uh, there's a I believe it's it's on YouTube um, and I forget who the other guy is, but I believe one of the two people talking uh, in the adaptation of their made of meat is uh, is it Jeffrey Noonan? The tall, bald, weird-looking dude. Okay. Uh, Let's say yes for now. Yes, yes. I mean, uh, I could, I could look it up too. Uh, is it Tom Noonan? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's a. Uh, yeah, Jeffrey I mean, Noonan is, is a guitarist, apparently. <laughs> That's a very different story <laughs> that they adapted. <laughs> Uh, that is the behind the music in VH1. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, Bears Discover Fire. I was I was really sort of, um, the more I think about it, the more I sort of really enjoyed this this story, uh, just for, for, the, for the sheer sort of like craft of it. You know? like, well, that is exactly it. I, I mean, I, I'm 100% with you. This, this is a well-crafted story, and it is not, it's not what I'm gonna, ever going to hold up to you and say, this one changed my life. And there are mm-hmm. a few like that for me, but it is um, like when, when you're trying to say science fiction is literature, mm-hmm. this is literature, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and perhaps one of these days I should probably break down and buy uh, and read his, uh, his, his alternate history book. You you know about this one, right, Pete? Say more. It's called Fire on the Mountain. 
Okay. Uh, it's a 1988 novel by Terry Bisson and is an alternate history that describes the world as it would have been had John Brown succeeded. Oh. <laughs> and touched off a slave rebellion in 1959 as he intended. 18. I'm sorry. Did I say 1959? Yes, you did. <laughs> well, maybe maybe they needed in 1959 too. Who cares? <laughs> like, look, I'm sorry. I live in Kansas. So there's not much I could be proud of. John Brown is definitely <laughs> one of the things I could be proud of. <laughs> well, you know, that and carry on uh, my wayward son, right? Yes, there will be peace when we're done. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks for 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 you know agreeing to to read this with me, Pete. And uh, agreeing, of course, to extemporaneously add a bunch of stuff to this episode. Por supuesto. <laughs> oh, wow. You're studying <laughs> Spanish, too? Yeah, I've been doing Duolingo, you know. Oh, Duo has been threatening you, huh? <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, I paid for Duolingo for the year before they started doing all the things. Mm. So, like, I, I will I will write out the amount I've paid before I, I delete it in protest. Hmm. Watch out, uh, you know, watch out. They'll send you, Duo will, will send you something in the mail and you open the, it, it's the finger. You just don't know whose it is. The superb owl will hunt me down. Oh, Pete. <laughs> uh, I, I've spent all day seeing these, this, haha, <laughs> quote, joke, end yeah. quote, all day. Uh, it's, it's fine. It's, it's a fine joke. Whatever makes people happy is my Yes, the first 15 times I've heard it. (laughs) It's a fine joke. I was number 57. Whoops. You're like Heinz. (laughs) Yes, indeed. 57 varieties of the same joke. No, no, that's not a dig against you. I was just making the- No, we're good. Making the word Anyway, um- but yeah, everyone out there, uh, I'm going to link to the story uh, and please read it. Um, um, I also link to you the uh, the there's a YouTube video version of it, a 13 minute long. Yes. Uh, yeah. Off of uh, dust, I believe. I think so. Yeah. I, 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 I've been curious to check them out, but uh, I yeah. would I would say that the short story is better. But like, when is that not true? Well, I mean, yes. I mean, I've I've come to the conclusion that that you know, it, in general, I, I you know what uh, convinced me of this, Pete. What's this that? Is, it sounds very funny. Um, interview with the vampire was my uh, sort of milestone for sort of internalizing that it's fine. Book and movie adaptation, two different things, informed by one another, but it's fine for both of them to coexist. It's fine. And That's honestly, fair. like, like I think um, because I loved uh, the 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 vampire, the Anne Rice vampire books, I really, really fell into those really hard. Um, I remember feeling uh, somewhat uh, outraged that it was Tom Cruise. I was like, Tom Cruise, he's not blonde. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was twenty something, so I was dumb as shit. <laughs> it- it is it is sort of amazing to me how appropriate he was to that film. I oh would no, not he have... he he put all his all into that man. Mm-hmm. Is so good. I, I definitely remember being like we saw it in the theater and like everyone in the theater when uh, 
was it? No, no. It's it's uh, Antonio Banderas and Brad Pitt are sort of like really closely standing face to face, and everyone like just, just chanting "kiss, kiss, kiss," <laughs> and not in like a not like in a we're trying to make fun of the gay guys type of way. It was just like everyone like the the tension was there. Everyone was like, "Yeah, these guys should totally kiss <laughs> on screen." Right on. Agreed. All right. Well, anyway, everyone out there. Read the story. We're going to link it in the show notes. Thanks for listening in. Pete, thanks again. Send my regards to Chewie. May he not discover fire, Pete. Yes. He, he's been sitting next to me the whole time being a good boy, I must say. <laughs> he just does not understand this fixation you have with a screen and something that looks like a bone. Yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway, everyone, thanks again for listening in. We'll catch you next time here on Podside.